Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Priya David Clemens. The state of California will send life-saving oxygen equipment to India, which is dealing with a deadly surge in COVID-19 cases. Doctors in India have been making pleas on social media as many hospitals run out of oxygen and as the country marks a milestone of more than one million coronavirus cases in just a few days. California Lieutenant Governor Eleni Kunalakis joins us now to discuss California's efforts to help and what it will take to make a dent in the problem. Lieutenant Governor, thank you for joining us. Hello, Priya. It's wonderful to be with you. And we want to hear also from you, our audience. Do you have family in India? What are you hearing from friends and family about the coronavirus surge there? Give us a call now at 866-733-6786. The number again is 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, you came to mind immediately when I heard that California was sending equipment to India because you and I had actually had an opportunity uh, just over a year ago to be in India together on a Bay Area Council trip. Can you tell us about the work that California is doing? What equipment specifically are we sending and how much will it be able to help? Well, thank you so much, Priya. And I was thinking about you as well. It was just um, at the beginning, right before the pandemic um, changed the world that we were in India. And, um, you know, in particular, we were at the American embassy, at the U.S. embassy, and we've heard terrible reports of hundreds of um, uh, of, uh, of employees at the U.S. embassy have been infected and and uh, two people have actually died. Mm. Uh, you know, India is an enormous country, 1.3 billion population. And this outbreak um, that we've all been seeing on the news is, is devastating the country. Hospitals are overwhelmed. Their system is overwhelmed. Their mortuaries are overwhelmed. Just heartbreaking stories. So um, Governor Newsom is very close to the Indian community here in the state of California. Most of us in elected office um, are, are close to this important constituency. And uh, I should and also so- mention that you are the representative for the state of California that's handling foreign affairs for the state. 
That's right. But the governor really wanted to do something. So we reached out to the State Department and coordinated with USAID so that California could be part of the Biden-Harris administration effort to provide relief. And again, as most people know, California was very early in acquiring all the PPE, all the equipment, all the ventilators, all the things that we needed. So we were able to look at some of our surplus supplies and figure out what could we give that would be the most impactful. And there's no question that the uh, equipment related to providing oxygen for COVID patients was a place where we could make a difference. So the aid package, particularly coming from California, is primarily around um, oxygen equipment, concentrators, cylinders, regulators, all the things that you need to be able to create the oxygen, store it, and deliver it to patients who need it. So that is the role uh, that we are playing. And and again, I, I hope that Californians are proud because this is, um, you know, a, a the generosity of the people of California to step in and to do our part to help um, in many cases, not just friends, but rela- you know, relatives, um, that many of us, are, not myself, but many of my friends, many mm-hmm. of our, our Californians have relatives in India. So it definitely is the right thing to do, and we have the capacity to do it with our excess supplies. Yeah, absolutely. This is certainly a personal topic for me, too, as we have extended family who have uh, been impacted, some who have passed away, and other friends also who are struggling with this. At the same time, I think as there's a personal humanitarian element that draws us close to India, obviously, we also have a very strategic partnership with the country. Could you talk to us a little bit about the importance of India to the state of California? And and as Governor Newsom often calls us, a nation state. And this is sort of the moment I think that that shows and shines through. That's right. Well, you know, we have the first uh, vice president who is of Indian descent. Um, There's no question that the relationship between the United States and India has tremendous potential to grow. But it really, Priya, it really has a lot to do with these person-to-person relationships. By some accounts now, we have more than 800,000 Indian Americans living in California. But um, as you know, there are also elements of our strategic relationship. India is certainly very important geopolitically. Uh, And for the trade relationship for California is also important. Um, On average, uh, India buys about $600 million worth of California almonds. Uh, It is the largest purchaser of um, agricultural products from California because um, our tree nuts make up such an important part of our exports. And uh, as we remember from a visit, it's really quite touching uh, the way that California almonds are seen as these, um, you know, perfect gems and and almonds are very important in the rituals and the culture of India. And so there are all kinds of these things that connect us both in the more strategic uh, level, but also really very much on this personal level. Is there more that we can be doing? Silicon Valley Representative Ro Khanna, he's the vice chair of the Indian caucus, and he's urging the administration to take action, which they are doing. But in particular, uh, there's discussion of excess AstraZeneca vaccine that could potentially be sent to India, about 60 million doses. Uh, Are you also hopeful that that will be released? Have you made any efforts towards that end? 
So I, I am hopeful about it. Um, we, um, several weeks ago, had been working with the federal government in order to urge them um, to allocate some of those excess AstraZeneca doses. Of course, we're not using AstraZeneca in the U.S., but we have doses. But to allocate them to Canada and Mexico, um, our border countries, and um, particularly that relationship between California and Mexico, we have the uh, most active land border crossing in the world uh, is between California and Mexico. So the Biden administration allocated uh, last month about 4 million doses to our nearest neighbors between Canada and Mexico. Um, and we do, I, I think there is a very good argument now to allocate some of those to India as well, in addition to some of the supplies that the U.S. is giving to India to be able to create their own uh, vaccines. Um, I think what's important for people to know is that even though California now has the lowest infection rate in the country, under 1.2 uh, percent of our tests are coming back positive now, and this is great news for us. But what we know is that as COVID-19 continues to rage in the world, the potential for more variants mm -hmm. exists, which means the potential for the uh, for the virus to um, turn into a new form, which could be resistant to all the vaccines that we have been putting in people's arms in this state. So it is a global crisis. And, and Dr. Fauci has been really clear that in order to protect um, us in California and the United States, we must help eradicate the virus in the world before it can uh, it can um, uh, it can turn into it can um, uh, morph into um, a a version which is uh, potentially um, resistant to the vaccine. So that's a big part of this as well, Priya. We're talking with Eleni Kunalakis, California Lieutenant Governor, about what California is doing to help India cope with rising coronavirus infections. Do you have family in India? What are you hearing from friends and your family about the coronavirus surge there? You can give us a call now at 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook at KQED Forum or email us, forum at kqed.org. We do have a couple of comments in. I'd like to start with one from Daphne who writes, I fully support sending oxygen, PPE, and vaccines to India. Shouldn't the federal government and fellow states such as California all also help Michigan, where COVID is also out of control. So, Lieutenant Governor, could you talk to us about any aid that California is sending to other states in our nation? Absolutely. Um, we have been doing that. And again, uh, it, it feels like a lifetime ago, um, but we uh, were working very closely um, with other states, particularly Western states, as we were... Um, as we were accumulating PPE, ventilators, equipment for our people, you know, California and the governor did a very, very good job. We moved very quickly. We leveraged our buying power. And we ended up with a stockpile, which in some regards was bigger than the national stockpile. Uh, so the governor uh, was very quick to... Um, 
uh, to be able to loan ventilators to Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Maryland, Nevada, Delaware. Uh, and we sent millions of items of PPE to neighboring states all along the West Coast. So we have been doing that all along. And the caller asked about Michigan in particular. Uh, and we have been sending, uh, we have sent ventilators to Michigan. Um, and uh, it's one of the states that has received aid from California. And And let me just say this, you know, at the beginning of this pandemic, we had a federal government that was not organizing the national response. And, and I say this not just to, to throw jabs, but it was really notable. And, and I'm a former uh, senior U.S. government official. I was an ambassador in the Obama administration. And our federal government is set up to have a national response. But what the last administration said is, you states, you're on your own. And so we were inventing the wheel as we went along. It's very, very different now. We have a federal government that is organizing the response in a much more coordinated way. And California works with the federal government so that we play our part, but we do it in a more coordinated way, which is more efficient and will help us make sure that across the country, um, Americans are getting what they need. I want to turn now to a technology component of this. Twitter uh, partially complied recently with a, what would be called an authoritarian act in which they removed content from their platform in India, which was critical of the government's response. And this was based on a request by the government. What would you say to that? Um, well, you know, Priya, we have big questions about technology and social media and the role that it plays. Uh, in our country and in the world. And it's these are very difficult questions about information and misinformation. And certainly what we want is to help consumers of information know what is true and what is not true. And that doesn't mean that the government should be telling Twitter what, you know, what to, what to allow to be said in the you know, virtual public square and not. So these are very difficult questions. And, and unfortunately, as a pandemic is raging, um, there's opportunity for, um, you know, for both misinformation to spread, but also for, um, you know, potentially uh, for um, governments to influence um, what these platforms do. I, I think that uh, the bottom line is that for people in India um, to make sure that, that the world responds, that we step up, that the United States plays our part, that California, as we are doing, plays our part so that we can help get the virus under control as quickly as possible. And some of the questions like, you know, Twitter's role and, and what they do or not do relative to what the government asks is something that we'll be able to talk about um, once we can get the raging virus under control. So at this point, no comment on whether you're concerned about that decision. That's right. All right. Um, another listener has written in, both United and Air India continue to operate nonstop flights between New Delhi and San Francisco. Many countries have long since stopped all flights to and from India. Is the state urging the Biden administration to institute a flight ban? And if not, why not? Well, you know, um, Priya, I will tell you, it is a very different situation for us as a state than it was several months ago. Um, we are working with the federal government. They have... 
uh, the expertise to determine both at the CDC um, as well as um, in the Department of Transportation to help determine how we make sure um, that the protocols that are put in place are safe and limit the possibility of um, further exposure of Californians relative to people coming and going from the state. So we uh, are working with the federal government, but we have confidence uh, that they will put the protocols in place in order to minimize um, the risk to us in California. In the final few minutes that we have on the show together, I want to turn to the recall election uh, of Governor Newsom, which we now know will be happening sometime this year, and you're going to be uh, in charge of deciding when. Let's start with your thoughts on the recall um, and how you think the race will go. 18 years ago, uh, the then Lieutenant Governor Cruz Bustamante got into the race and Gray Davis lost to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do you think any well-known Democratic elected officials will get into the race this year? Oh, my goodness, Priya. From one <laughs> from one tough topic to another. Uh, you know, the reality is that we should be focusing on stopping the spread of COVID-19. Um, that has been the focus of everyone in state government over the last year. Uh, it's certainly um, now a very different situation that we can work with the federal government in a positive way. And we have this recall that, yes, we are going to have to contend with. It was um, uh, the signatures were um, were verified. So it does look as though we're headed for uh, a recall vote sometime in the fall. Um, I have been very, very clear that this is an unnecessary distraction from the work at hand, which is to get through the health crisis of COVID-19 and work on the recovery for our families and for our economy. Uh, and yet here we are. So uh, what do I think? I am very hopeful. I've made it clear that I certainly am not putting my name on the ballot mm -hmm. and that um, uh, I think it would be uh, a mistake for any um, Democrat to do so. Um, but we've already seen that there are Republicans who are putting their name on the ballot. And um, it's going to be incumbent, I think, on the governor, but on those of us in the Democratic Party in the state to really pull back the curtain here and recognize this recall for what it is, which is a, 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 a power grab on the part of the Republicans to try in the bluest state of the nation uh, to somehow slip a Republican into the governor's office. I do not believe that they will be successful, but I do think that they will spend a lot of money telling Californians, oh, look at how terrible our state is. Well, California is uh, an incredibly wonderful place to live. And we have been working very hard in government, with the private sector, uh, with civil society to get through COVID. And I'm very hopeful that uh, the voters will realize that um, this has been a difficult time. Yes, in retrospect, you could always uh, in hindsight, have done things better. But overall, we've gotten through it. We're getting our kids back to school. We're getting people back to work. Uh, and we have uh, a budget surplus as well as aid through the Rescue Act to help support in particular those small businesses that have been hurt the most and uh, by COVID-19. I do want to ask one more question, if you can give me just in 30 seconds here. What is the okay. timeline on the recall? Um, again, we, 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 
know a little bit more now because of the certification of the signatures. It looks as though it will be in the fall, um, but there are still some um, elements of the timeline we're not sure. My part of it, Pri, is actually pretty narrow. It's just a 20-day difference. I Once I know certain triggers, then I'll be able to set it between 60 and 80 days from the final um, uh trigger point um, that's set by statute. Uh, So we're looking at something in fall and hopefully uh, we'll get through it and get back to work for the people of the state of California. Thank you so much, Lieutenant Governor. We've been talking with Eleni Kunalakis, California Lieutenant Governor, about the California recall and moreover, what California has been doing to help India cope with rising coronavirus infections. You've been listening to Forum. I'm Priya David Clemens. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.